We've been talking over the last few weeks about the spirit of sonship. It's been an amazing journey. I think we've been on. I myself, you know, as I'm preaching, I feel myself changing. I'm hearing people's language change. When they're talking, I hear, you know, I ran into a couple of our girls at a coffee shop yesterday. Hi, girls, snuck up on them. Oh, we were just talking about how, you know, our identities and how, you know, we're starting to feel loved. We're starting to get this revelation about the Father. And last Sunday night was just, I mean, last Sunday was amazing, but last Sunday night we had, um, I had at least three men on the altar just weeping before God, saying, I finally got it. I finally got it. I've got it that that God is my father and I am his son and he is well pleased with me. I've got it. And so we're just going to keep layering into that. We've talked about over the last few weeks about our nation and how we're under this, this feeling of rejection, this feeling of all the time feeling insecure. There's not many Australian people that you or I would know that are really confident in who they are. We're mostly shy, insecure people who have a real problem with self-esteem. And God wants to change that. He wants to change it within ourselves. He wants to change it one to another. And as he changes that within us, it will change our relationships towards him, our relationships towards each other, and particularly our relationship with ourselves. Amen. And so the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about our relationship with our Father, and how beautiful that is, and how wonderful that is. And then we began to talk about our relationship with each other. And last week we talked about how we're a family, and how we all have roles to play in this family. And as we naturally become that family, organically become those roles that we play, whether we're auntie, uncle, mother, father, brother, sister, whatever that organic role is, if we begin to do that, we begin to find our place. Amen? Thanks, Lisa. You can have a rest this morning. Isn't she amazing? She's such a good girl. And, uh, and so let's start here. And this morning I want to talk to you about the next step of that, and that's about loving yourself. Amen? So let's start with Mark 12, 28 to 31. It says this, One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, Of all the commandments... Which is the most important? And Jesus said this, and and Jesus doesn't say something for nothing. When he says something, you've got to look at that one line, that one phrase, and know that he's really serious about what he wants to say right now. Because he says, the most important one. The most important one. Jesus is trying to say something to here. This is the most important thing you can get down in your lives. Apart from believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, the most important one, Jesus answered, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbour as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. And we just skip through that. We go, okay, love God, love your neighbour. But we miss out that one little word as yourself. It's really hard to love God and it's really hard to love our neighbours when we don't love ourselves because we've got, we've got these walls all around us. We've got this, this, this protective shield around us 
that protects us, amen, and keeps us from relationship. And as I said last week, when we feel like we're going to be rejected, we'll reject first. And so we keep ourselves at a a safe distance from people and even from God, amen. I remember when when, uh, I got water baptised the second time because it was a great disappointment to me because I got ducked and I felt nothing happened. And I'd read in the scriptures that something happens when you get water baptised. And nothing happened. And so I'm in the water and they're saying to me, get out of the water now, Julian, get out of the water now, Julian. I'm going, I'm not moving because I was a new Christian and I'd read that when you get water baptized that, you know, a dove comes on you, the heavens open, God speaks to you. And I'd read that when you get water baptized, the next step is being baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues. And that hadn't happened to me. And I was in this water and I am not moving. And they've got this line of people in these white robes. It was so funny back then. They had a little baptismal font in the church little pool and they you had to dress in these white robes with you <laughs> and so I'm there in my white robe in the water and they're going okay you can get out now and there's this whole lot of people waiting I'm, going, I'm moving I'm not moving it hasn't happened yet do it again dunk me again <laughs> anyway they got me out so years later I I'm standing on this beach and there's people being water baptised and I feel the heavens open and I feel this anointing. This is an anointing of baptism that I've never experienced before. People are going in the waters and being changed and something's happening, amen. And I had lived, Phil would tell you this, I'd lived for so many years with rejection. I'd lived for so many years and I'm, I'm I'm a Christian, you know. I'm going to church. I've got my big black Bible. I know all the words to say. I know how to put my hands up, put my hands down. I know how to stand up, sit down. I know how to do the stuff. But every time I go to church, I'd go home from church beating myself up. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have worn that. I should have done this. I shouldn't have, and they're never going to accept me. No one's ever going to accept me. I'm never going to fit. No, 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 no. So then I decided that I was going to stand on all these scriptures. So I literally stuck them to the bottom of my shoes and walked around. Well, Joyce Meyer said so. And so I walk around with my scriptures on my feet. You know, I am great in Christ. I am this, I am that. You know, and but I've still got this rejection all over me. And so here I am standing on this beach, you know, and thinking, and I hear God say, go, get in the waters of baptism. And I'm going, no, but I've already been baptized. And then and I ask someone, should I be baptized again? Oh, one baptism, one faith. Oh, okay. And I say, oh, God. And then God calls me again. And I'm saying, you know, should I be baptized again? Oh, Julie, you always get caught up in the emotion of things. <laughs> All right. And, I say, and then God's still calling me. So I said, blow it. I'm just going to ask the preacher. And I asked the preacher, can I get water baptized again? I've been baptized before. And he said, sister, if the Holy Spirit of God is speaking to you, who am I, a mere man, to question him? I said, Amen, brother. I've been waiting for someone to say that. So I walk into the water, fully clothed, jeans all, I'm fully clothed, walked into the water, and I heard God say, I'm going to baptize you into a new anointing. And the pastor just went, name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, fell back into the water, slain in the Spirit, touched by God, went into a fetal position in the water, and just felt this, all this pain of rejection on me. And I heard the pastor say to me, I break your past from your life. And it was like this, shadow just lifted off me it was like this weight just lifted off me and I just went oh and I'm crying I'm just feeling faith he said now you'll be able to love your husband as you always long to and Phil can testify to that I struggled a lot I struggled a whole bunch with with loving him because I didn't love myself I had a real problem with self-hatred especially in my body image and I just could not present myself to my own husband 
And so, you know, they dragged me out of the water, they sat me down, they wrapped this towel around my head and I'm just crying under this towel. And then I have this vision and I see myself, well, I see this great big green mountain and, and I see this girl walking up the mountain with her back to me and she's gorgeous and she's singing this song and she's so pretty and she saw her, the dress she's wearing is lovely, she's so graceful, she's so beautiful, she's walking up the mountain, she's picking these flowers and I'm thinking if I just look like that then everyone would love me and Jesus would love me and if I sang like that and if I moved like that and if I could wear clothes that draped like that be so lovely and I'd be so accepted and it'd be so beautiful. And then this girl turned around and of course it was me. And all I could say was, I've been ripped off. I've been ripped off. You know, we wonder about these girls with anorexia and eating disorders and we say, you're crazy, you're so skinny. But when they look in the mirror, they see fat. They're being ripped off. Because what you see, what you believe inside yourself is how you react out of life. See, the truth that you believe is the truth. But Jesus says he comes to bring you truth to set you free. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Lies put you into bondage. Amen. Amen. And as I walked up this hill and I'm singing away, I've got this bunch of flowers and I see Jesus at the top of the hill. And I see Jesus with his hands towards me like this. And of course I think, okay, I'll give him the flowers. Because that's what we do, don't we? When Jesus presents himself to us, we go, here's my works. Here's my brownie points. Here's what I've done good. Jesus, will you accept me now? Amen. But Jesus got gently just pushed my hand away that had the flowers in it. And he took my empty hand and we walked off into the sunset. It was so beautiful. (laughs) I was in love. I was in love. Still am. Amen. But did you see what I'm saying? Amen. And so it's so important to love ourselves. But to get the revelation of loving ourselves, we have to see ourselves as he sees us, not as we see ourselves. Amen. I just want to show you this little YouTube clip here. We might want to turn those spotties off so you can see it really well. And uh, I love this. Amen? The Bible says, unless you come to him like a little child, you'll not see the kingdom of heaven. And sometimes well, we get so grown up. Now my whole house is great. Just turn up, please. I can do anything good. I like my school. I like anything. I like my dad. I like my cousins. I like my aunts. I like my Allisons. I like my mom. I like my sisters. I like my dad. I like my hair. I like my hair. I like my haircuts. I like my pajamas. I like my stuff. I like my rooms. I like my whole house. My whole house is great. I can do anything good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can do anything good. Better than anyone. Better than anyone. <laughs> Isn't that gorgeous? I like my hair. I like my jammies. I can do anything good. Better than anyone. Imagine if we got up and started doing that. Hey? I can do anything good. Better than anyone. We go. Yeah, right. Like, but you know, that's how God wants us to be. Just like children, amen? Just like children. 
that, that we start to get a revelation, just how cute we are, how gorgeous we are. God sees us just like that. And he wants us to be out there. He wants us to be free, to be ourselves. He's created each one of us so individual and so beautiful. He doesn't want us in a box of rejection. He doesn't want us trapped in bondage where we're in self-hatred and we're ripping ourselves off. And he definitely doesn't want us in a works program where we feel that we have to do things to gain brownie points to God or to each other. You know, if I was to ask you tonight, this morning, you know, where does your self-worth come from? Where does your self-worth... Just think about it for a minute. Where does your self-worth come from? Amen? It says here that self-esteem is a term used in psychology to reflect a person's overall evaluation or appraisal of his or her own self-worth. So, sorry. His or... <laughs> his or her own self-worth. Self-esteem encompasses beliefs. For example, I am competent. I am worthy, and emotions such as triumph, despair, pride, and shame. Self-esteem is absolutely crucial to our survival. If you go to see a counsellor, amen, because you're having issues in your life or whatever, the first thing they'll deal with is your self-esteem. Because without self-esteem, we've got nothing. And can can you see how the enemy has tried to rip us off? I want everyone to say right now, I've been ripped off. Amen. And uh, I'm coming to get it back. Amen. I'm coming to get it back. I mean, when I had that vision of Jesus on that mountain, I was probably in my 30s. And I had hated myself since I was about five because I had curls. And you know that curls are cute, but curls can be a curse to other kids that don't like kids that get all the attention. And so I was one of six siblings in the middle and I had the curls. And everywhere we went, oh, your hair, look at her hair, isn't it cute? She's so cute, she's so pretty. And then your sisters start pulling your hair and they're brushing it, trying to get your curls out. And You know, it starts really, really, really young when the enemy tries to destroy our own self-image. Amen? I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm astounded when I see, you know, girls as young as seven standing in front of the mirror calling themselves fat, I'm just like, what is that? The more, the more that we go along in society, the more there is this push, this thrust in everything that we see that, that what you look like and how you perform in life is, is what makes you who you are. Your self-esteem comes from that. Amen. So if you happen to be on the other side of what they clarify to be beautiful or handsome, then you probably have a low self-esteem. If you're on the other side of what they would call to be intelligent or successful, then you probably have a low self-esteem. And that is never what God intended. In his eyes, there are no ugly people. In his eyes, there are no unsuccessful people. In his eyes, there are you, every one of us was actually formed and made specifically to be who you are. There is no competition. This isn't a competition. Who wins? Who gets, you know, the disciples got that wrong, didn't they? Who's going to sit next to you, Jesus, and all this sort of stuff, and they started competing. Come on, guys. 
Don't you realise yet? You've been with me all these years and you still don't realise that every single one of you absolutely counts. Every single one of you is absolutely precious. Amen? Here's what people said self-esteem means to them. Number one, self-esteem is when I feel good about myself. That's true. I don't know what self-esteem is. I just know I have low self-esteem and I'm very shy. Self-esteem is living my own values, beliefs and convictions. Self-esteem is the absence of self-hate. Self-esteem is being confident that I can achieve anything I put my mind to. Self-esteem is a state of total and absolute freedom. Freedom to choose to be myself. I like that one. Self-esteem is when I deeply and completely love and accept myself. I would say yes to that too. Amen? You know, he wants us to fall in love with ourselves. We need to forgive ourselves. We need to love ourselves. You know, when my kids were growing up, you know, in a house full of girls, you're always dealing with, you know, oh, I've got a zit or my hair looks horrible or I look fat in this or do I look skinny in this or... You know, my legs are too hairy. Can you wax them, um, whatever? You know, just continuously all the time. And, and I remember when they were really, really little, you know, they would say things like, oh, you know, oh, I hate my legs. They're too fat. And they'd stand in front of the mirror, you know, because it's just driven into them. And one day one of my girls was doing that and, and sitting there drawing a picture and saying, you know, I hate my legs, they're too fat, you know. And I said, that's a beautiful picture you're drawing. Oh, thanks. I said, what, what if you took that picture and you presented it to God? This is your creation. You've made it. And you present it to God and God said, oh, I don't think you should have used that colour. Oh, I think that tree's a bit fat at the bottom. I think the leaves are in. How would you feel? And she said, oh, I'd just be broken hearted. And I said, how do you think God feels when you present his creation before him and you just pick it to pieces? He wants to change in here and in here. Amen? You see, the scripture says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your soul. Our soul being our mind, our will, our emotions. Our mind and our emotions are all about how we feel about ourselves, how we think about ourselves, how we feel about ourselves, how we think about ourselves and how we think and feel about the world around us. Amen? So if we need to love God with all our soul, but our soul is so consumed with hating ourselves, running ourselves down, trying to be better, trying to get self-esteem, trying to get affirmation, ah, it's such hard work. But imagine if your soul was free. Imagine if you were just like that little girl, I love my hair, I love my body, I love my charmies. I love the way I smile, I love the way I talk. I can do anything. Imagine if we were just like that and then we could just go before God, hello God, it's me, your favourite one again. And we're just free, Amen. See, a lot, a lot of self-esteem comes from feelings. 
doesn't it? And thinking. It comes out of there. Now, if we go back to Genesis, and for the sake of time, I won't go through all the scriptures, but we know that in Genesis chapter 1, God made the earth, amen? And, and he made, you know, he, he made light. And then, and then God says, oh, that's good. That's good. I like light. Then he made, the, you know, this and that mound. Well, that's good. And then he made animals. <laughs> that's good. God said it was good. But then he made us. He made mankind. He made male and female. He made them. And God stood back and he looked and he said, it's very good. He said, it's very good. Amen? And ever since that day, the enemy has been trying to take the very good away from us. Trying to convince us that we're not very good. That God doesn't really think you're very good. You better try harder. You better, you better do this. You better do that. And all, you know what religion is? Religion is trying to please a God that's never appeased. You know, people come to me and say, well, what about Buddhism and what about this and what about that? What about that? I said, every other religion demands a sacrifice from you. But Christianity is the only one where the sacrifice was given for you. And you don't have to do a thing. Amen? You don't have to do a thing. It has been done. It is finished. You know, Isaiah 53 talks about Jesus being on the cross. He says, for he was... He was bruised for our iniquities, is it? He was, he was pierced for our iniquities. He was bruised for our transgressions. The chastisement or the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we're healed. Right. By his stripes, you're healed. See, there's a scripture that says... For there is no fear in love because perfect love casts out all fear because fear has to do with punishment. You see, Jesus became our punishment. Jesus became our rejection. Jesus became our sin. Amen? And it said, he says, and by his stripes, we are healed. There is no more fear of punishment because perfect love casts out all fear. He perfectly loves you. And he wants you to perfectly love yourself. Amen? Now in Genesis 3, 8 to 11, we see that man had this relationship with God where God would walk with him and, and man had self-esteem. He knew that it was very good what God had made. Woman was called the crown of all creation. He knew it was very good. But then we see that man sinned, man ate the apple, man ate the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and he was separated from God. And we pick it up in Genesis 3, 8 to 11. And it says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Here's, here's this couple, this mankind that God had created to love because he needed to love. God had love. God is love. 
and he wanted to love. And so he created this man and this woman that he could walk with in the garden, have a relationship with daily. Every day he would walk with them in the, in the, in the cool of the day, in the garden, and they would have this complete, intimate relationship. And God had what he needed, and mankind had what he needed, and it was perfect, amen? But as soon as they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the first thing they did was hide from God. They, they hid from God. Amen? And the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? Where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. You know, that nakedness, when it says that they were naked in the scriptures, it just doesn't mean physical nakedness. It means physical, spiritual, and emotional nakedness. Or spiritual, physical, and emotional transparency. Mankind had a relationship with God and with each other with our physically, spiritually, and emotionally completely transparent. And see, now they're hiding from God. I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. I heard you in the garden because I realized that I was transparent to you, and I didn't want you to see who I had become. When we were born again, Jesus took us out of hiding. He set us free to be ourselves, to come and walk in the garden in physical, spiritual, and emotional transparency with God and with one another again. Amen? He set us free to be us, to release us. Amen? I wonder if we feel like that really. Have we ever got, have we got that revelation? Where we no longer have to hide from God because we're afraid that he'll see what we've become or what we are, what we really are. Amen? Everything we do in life, Every, everything that we are, as far as self-esteem goes, is always based in achievement from the time we come out of that womb. Oh, good girl, here's a lolly. Bad girl, here's a smack. And, and that's right. I mean, we have to be disciplined. We have to have that reinforcement. But it goes on into our lives. If you're good and you do good things, you'll be rewarded. If you're bad, you won't. If you're pretty, people will like you. If you're not, they won't. If you're successful, you know, you'll be popular. If you aren't, you won't. If you hang in with the in crowd at school, you know, you'll be going. If you're not, you know, if you wear glasses, you don't fit. If you, you know, everything, everything is on achievement. You know, if I asked you, I asked you a moment ago, you know, where is your self-esteem? What do you like about yourself? Most of you would probably say, oh, well, I play good golf. Um, who's a golf player? Hey? Nathan Lambert. 
play good golf, Nathan. Andrew reckons he plays good golf, but Andrew thinks he does everything good. Andrew's set free already, amen. Andrew's set free already, amen. Oh, yeah. I've seen Andrew in front of the mirror like that little girl. Oh, I love my face. I love love myself. I've seen it. Amen. And see, what, what do we want to do as Aussies? We want to cut that tall poppy down. Cut it down. Amen. How dare you love yourself when I hate myself? No rights. No rights at all. Amen. I wonder if we still hide from God. That's what I'm asking today. You know, the Father says this. I know you better than you know yourself. Amen. I can unlock truths about you that have been hidden from you since the first time you hid from me. See, God sees into you. He sees into you. The Bible says that he looks at the heart. God sees your heart this morning. And as I look across this room, I see beautiful hearts. I see beautiful people. I see people that are absolutely the most beautiful people in the whole darn world. Amen? Because right now you're being transparent before God. The veil has been removed. The curtain has been rent in two. God has come out to walk in the garden with you again. And he wants you to come out from hiding. Amen. Lisa, can you come? Thanks. Romans 8.31 says this. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? And I want to say this to you this morning. If God is for you, why are you beating yourself up? Amen? Let's just stand to our feet right now as Lisa comes. Psalm 139 and verse 1 says this, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. I've I've just got a little revelation for you right here. Here's a little revelation. You can't hide from God. (laughs) He finds you. No, tonight. Yeah, I want to share that tonight. You can't hide from God. You know, the scriptures talk, where can I hide from God? If I go down to the deepest pit, you're there. If I go up to the highest mountain, you're there. If I... He loves you more than the deepest waters, highest mountains. His love is so wide. His love is so deep. His love is... See, he knows everything about you. Everything. Because he made you. He knows every intricacy about each one of you. Uniquely, completely, individually you. It's not a competition. You don't have to do good things to get brownie points from God. He already loved you while you were still a sinner. It is finished, Jesus says. The wrestle is over. You are completely and utterly loved. 
All that remains is that you just love yourself. Amen. Let's just all close our eyes right across this room right now. Why don't you just say this prayer with me? Father God, I get it. You love me. But I find it hard to love myself. Please teach me. This week, give me a revelation that I might see myself as you see me. Help me to renew my mind, cast down every vain imagination, bring my thoughts into captivity to Christ Jesus. Teach me to love myself. In Jesus' name. Father, I release right now across this room self-love. I pray, Lord, that as these precious people this week just have moments in you, have times where you just come close, I pray that you'd reveal to them, God, how you see them, how you feel about them. I pray for revelation. I pray for visions and dreams, intimacy with you, God. Come close to your people, God, and lift us up in the name of Jesus. Just while every eye is closed right across this room, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, and you want to start this journey as a child of God today, just lift your hand up right now, every eye closed. I just want to give this opportunity to anybody. If you want to give your heart back to Jesus, if you want to come into this relationship with him that I've been talking about, just lift your hand up high, every eye closed, right across this room, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Father, release your anointing right now over every heart, over every life, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, let it settle in every heart, God. Let the truth begin to penetrate years, years of lies. In Jesus' mighty name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Tonight I'm going to share the next half of this message. I think it's really, really powerful tonight. Um, come out tonight if you can. It's great to get this laid in. You can feel the changes coming in your heart as God begins to layer it in.